0: Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. We're celebrating today this great feast of the Ascension of our Lord. It's one of these solemnities which often gets overlooked, which is surprising because it's one of the few feast days that's actually mentioned in the Catechism of the Catholic Church as one of the primary feast days of our Lord. The certain dioceses, you know, like here in Baltimore, we transfer it to Sunday, or other dioceses leave it on Thursday, but it's not a holy day of obligation. And even when we just talk about what our Lord did here on this earth, we don't often mention the ascension. We say He, he taught, He performed miracles, He became man, He died for us, He rose from the dead. But we don't often talk about the ascension But for Jesus Christ, the Ascension was a key moment of his life. Except for some extremely rare situations, this was the last time where he was physically seen upon earth. And and it will be the last time that he's seen by a group until his second coming. And also, together with his passion, death, and resurrection, this is part of the Paschal mystery. This is part of the redemptive work which he came to accomplish here on this earth. And he he points to this himself on Easter Sunday. You might remember that instance where Mary Magdalene is looking for him outside the tomb and the gardener shows up and then she realizes the gardener is Jesus Christ. She gets really excited and she grabs hold of him and he says, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father and your father. Like, he's still saying, there's something left to do. My work has not yet come to an end, even though I have risen from the tomb. The ascension is the conclusion of the mission given by his Father. And so because it's such an important moment in salvation history, it's also a, a joyous feast. And the scriptures talk about this, just like the responsorial psalm we had today. It's you know really driving that point home, driving home the the joyous nature of what we are commemorating today. You know, it talks about clapping your hands with shouts of joy, shouting to God with cries of gladness. God mounts his throne amid shouts of joy. And it says, you know, we are to sing praise to God, sing praise to our King, sing praise. You don't often sing praise when you are grieving or in mourning. And after it took place, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, in Luke's account of the ascension, it says the apostles went back to Jerusalem with great joy. They were ecstatic. They were happy at the ascension. And that might be a little surprising to hear as well, because when you think about it, why are you getting excited because Jesus is ascending? He is leaving earth, in a sense, right? If you took a poll among the apostles, like, should Christ stay or should he go, they probably would have said, you know, he he should stay. We want him to stick around. So why are they rejoicing? And why should we rejoice over the ascension? Well, one reason why the apostles are rejoicing is because Christ isn't actually leaving them. In today's gospel, from the gospel of Mark, Jesus talks about how they're going to be, the apostles are going to do all these incredible things. They're going to pick up serpents, and they're not going to get harmed. They're going to drink poison. They will not die. They're going to speak in tongues. They're going to heal people. And then it says at the end of today's gospel, the Lord worked with them when they went forth and preached everywhere. Like this was the Lord doing these things through them. It wasn't as if, okay guys, my time is up, now it's your turn, but now the apostles were simply going to be cooperating with Christ's work. Christ was going to still be on earth doing things through them, and up to this day, he is in our midst. First and foremost in the Eucharist, we're going to be celebrating the year of the Eucharist starting on Corpus Christi, June 6th, here in the Diocese of Baltimore. Christ is also present in his word, the scriptures, he's present in our neighbor. He's present in the whole church which is assembled together. He's present in so many different ways. In our souls, when we are in a state of grace, He is present. So we did not lose Christ after the ascension. And actually, He's more present than ever now that He has ascended. Because when Jesus Christ walked the earth, He never really went further than the borders of Palestine, except for one time He went up north to Caesarea Philippi, and he, left, he went to Egypt another time. But he pretty much stayed in a very small geographical area, but now that he has ascended, he can be present to all peoples at all times. It is no longer necessary that you take a pilgrimage halfway around the world to the Holy Land in order to, be, in order to find God. He is Emmanuel. He is God in our midst. There, along with you know, the, the, the reality that Christ hasn't left us, and that's why this is such a joyous occasion, there are two other reasons which I think are more convincing, which justify why this a solemnity of the Ascension is supposed to be a happy affair. Two reasons why it's so supposed to be joyous. First of all, it's good for us. Second of all, it's good for Christ. So first of all, it's good for Christ. We should rejoice because this is such a momentous occasion for our God and Savior. It is the divinity of Christ over the powers and principalities over this world. It is the crowning achievement of all of his work, and now he sits enthroned over all the cosmos. There was one uh, Benedictine blessed who said at the beginning of this century, The ascension is the divine glorification of Christ's humanity over the highest heavens. Because, as God, He never left heaven. That's a theological point where, like, yes, He became man here on earth, but it's not as if He left heaven for a time while He was on earth. As God, He was in heaven, in the bosom of the Father, and also on earth. But His humanity only entered heaven at the ascension. At his resurrection, this humanity was exalted. He was, he received a glorified body at the, at the resurrection, that's true. But he still was here below in the realm of death, of mortal, like, perishing. He was on earth still. And so this Benedictine goes on to say, to attain the summit, the full expansion of his glory, the risen Jesus needed a new abode that would correspond to his new condition. He needed the heights of heaven. And there in heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. That place at the right hand, that's the place of sovereignty. That's the place of kingship. He is truly our king, the great king over all the earth. He has been enthroned in majesty. Our king will rule forever and no power can overthrow him. This is the feast day of his exaltation as the supreme king of the universe. And since we love Christ, we want to rejoice on account of that great good. Like Christ told us at the Last Supper, if you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. You know, amongst ourselves, this is how we act. If something good happens to my neighbor, I want to rejoice with them. I want to be happy when my friend gets married. I want to be happy when they pass the grade. I want to be happy when they graduate from college. And at the same time, I want to mourn with those people who are mourning. But this is the great feast celebration of a triumph of Christ. And we who love him should celebrate with him. The people who don't do that, the people who are kind of gloomy when everybody else is celebrating, when at a wedding, for example, they're called Giljoys. We do not want to do that on the Feast of our Lord's ascension. So this is a joyous feast because it is something so good for somebody that we love. We are happy because Christ is glorified. That's the first, more convincing reason, I think. The second convincing reason why we ought to be joyous today is because of something we receive. Is because of the good is accrued to us as well. Again, going back to the Last Supper. Jesus said, It is for your good that I am going away. And the good being that we have ascended with Christ. That's an interesting thing I don't think a lot of us think about. But when Christ ascended, yes, he is the one who ascended, but he brought us with him. He did not ascend by himself. St. John of the Cross points out that the saints are not content with going to heaven by themselves. They want to bring as many people with them as possible. Jesus Christ, how much more so can this be said about Jesus Christ? He brought us with Him into the heavenly realm. We penetrated into the heavens with Him. Because after all, we are members of His body. The day of our baptism, we were grafted like a branch onto the trunk of the tree, which is Christ. We are the building blocks of the body of Christ. And so when Christ ascends into heaven, we too, in a mystical way, also ascend to the right hand of the Father the place where no human being had ever gone before, it is in Christ that mankind first came to the heavenly realm. As Pope St. Leo the Great preached, Christ's ascension is therefore also our own ascension. We have already entered into the heights of heaven with Jesus Christ. And there, at the right hand of the Father... Christ does not forget us. He doesn't just have us at his side in our humanity. But he lives to intercede for us. Like, did you ever think about what Christ was doing for all eternity? Or at least until the end of time? Like, he, he preached on earth, he did miracles on earth, he, he did lots of stuff from here on this earth, and now he's up in heaven. And what's he doing in heaven? He's interceding for us. That's what the book of Hebrews tells us. In the Old Testament, the high priests would enter once a year into the Holy of Holies to intercede on behalf of the people, to offer a sacrifice in order that God might show mercy to the people of Israel. In the New Covenant, the New Testament, our eternal high priest, Jesus Christ, does not enter once a year into God's presence and intercede on our behalf. He is continually there pleading on our behalf and he is looking down on us at every moment. We might forget to think about him. He does not forget to think about us. If St. Therese of the Sioux could say she would spend her time in heaven doing good on earth, how much more so could Jesus Christ say he's going to spend his time in heaven doing good on earth? Now practically, what are we supposed to do because of this ascension? On the one hand... We should be praying to Jesus Christ with great confidence because of that position of intercessor. He is living at the right hand of the Father and when we call upon Him, we're calling upon somebody who is above all angels, above all saints, above all creation, who is God of all, Lord of all, King of heaven and earth. He is the one who has been given power over all things as He told the apostles in the Gospel of Matthew. So we should be confident that what we ask He can provide, and like St. Faustina said, the more we trust, the more we will receive. We do not receive more from God because we do not trust more in Him. And the other practical thing that we need to do is keep our eyes fixed on heaven. Not forget that this earthly life of ours is something temporary. It's so easy for us to become horizontally focused, to just be considering the things of this world, to be seeing what's happening around us in different continents, different countries, in our own homes, in our jobs. And we lose sight of heaven, we lose sight of the destination. It's like going on a road trip and being so fixated upon the pit stop, upon the like, you know, the, the gas station and the fast food, that you forget where you're going. I mean, nobody wants to spend their life at a pit stop. We were not made for earth, we were made for heaven. And so, like Paul tells us, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Every time we do this, we're taking a step closer to our eternal abode. As by means of conclusion, this is what Mother Seton longed for. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton said. Oh, that my soul could go up with my blessed Lord, that it might be where he is also. Oh, my Savior, let the spirit of my mind follow thee to thy mansions of glory. Such ought the people to be, who hope one day to follow him into those happy mansions which he has gone before to prepare for them. We call upon Our Lady, the Queen of Heaven, asking her to give us that grace to rejoice in this feast of the ascension of her divine son, that we might really love him so that this celebration of his glorification might be a cause of joy for us, and that we might be inspired to follow him where he has gone before us, so that we might come into that eternal abode where he is waiting for us at the right hand of the Father.